0: Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week, we are covering multiple movies in our holiday extravaganza. Woo! The Silent Night franchise 3, 4, and 5.
1: A.K.A. the best ones. Enter a world of dreams. Laura, tell me what you saw in your dream.
0: I told you, Dr. Newberry, Santa Claus. A world of silence. Subject may be making contact. I don't want to see the future or the past. I just want to be normal. A world of madness. No one is normal. A world that can't be ignored. She likes it, loves it. She
1: can't resist it. She wants to penetrate his mind, see what he sees.
0: He was a little boy, and then something happened, something terrible. Because when the dream is over... I don't know what's going on here, but whatever it is... <laughs> ...the nightmare begins. <laughs> the Yuletide Terror returns. His brain was surgically oh, yeah? reconstructed. You don't mind my saying, I'd have pulled his plug. Even his life was a value. With the saga that shocked a nation... <laughs>
1: Robert Culp, Silent Night,
0: Deadly Night, Part 3, Better Watch Out. Supported by full trade and consumer advertising. POP includes a full-size poster. So, Silent Night 2, I'm sorry, Silent Night 3, 4, and 5 are the ones we're going to be covering. They are all very crazy. I had never seen any of them. And I'm just gonna re- really quickly the Silent Silent Night Deadly Night three, better watch out. Silent Night Deadly Night four initiation and Silent Night Deadly Night five the Toy Maker. Mm. <sighs> yes, from 1989 to 1991. So I don't know if any of you have actually seen any of the Silent Night Deadly Night films. The first movie I saw a couple of years ago for the first time totally traumatized me. It's a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot going on, but <laughs> basically, uh, two a baby, a brother, and uh, a toddler. They get into a uh, accident, a car accident, with their family because a Santa jumped in front of the car. Santa. I'm glad you a- said with
1: their family. It made it seem like a toddler and the baby were driving there for a <laughs> they hijack the car Home Alone style and we're out just fucking shit up in Christmas time.
0: They're the only survivors of this terrible incident and unfortunately the toddler um, he witnessed the raping of his mother the murder of his parents the whole thing by the Santa Claus. Why later on as he's a grown ass man you snap and you're like you know what I'm going to become the new Santa killer. Don't ask me why but it happens. But I digress. It
1: makes as much sense as Batman. His parents were killed by a thug. So one day he saw a bat and was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll be a bat and scare the shit out of these people. I guess. Makes as much sense.
0: So part two is about the younger brother. Ricky. Ricky, who snaps. And then we come to part three. And of course, part two
1: is the one you have the great you scene you've seen on YouTube with the garbage day. That's the only thing people remember from that movie because half the footage in that movie is from part one. (laughs) They flash back to it a lot. I always kind of admire the people that have the guts to make a movie and go, yeah, three fourths of this movie is footage from the last movie. We just shot
0: like 10 new minutes and put it in here and called it a day. (laughs) So that was the formula for this movie, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out, where The brother's now a grown man, or he may have been, he was a grown man in the second one, but he's now in a coma. And And now he's
1: played by Bill Moseley.
0: Yes, totally new uh, actors playing him.
1: And my favorite feature is they gave him the old-fashioned see-through skull, where you can see his brain. He's just got like a big fish bowl on his head with his brain, and it's only half full of blood. I would think you would need to keep the whole brain immersed in blood, but they have it just half full. Because special scientists found him after he was shot down in the last movie, and they rebuilt his head and all of his parts and put it back together. They Frankensteined him, but he's still having memory issues. So how do you solve that, you ask? You get a blind psychic to come in and connect with him and try and lead him through his memories. That's how you do it, because... Of course. How else would you do it?
0: So, not only is she blind, but she's also a psychic. Yeah. And. Because, you know,
1: one, you lose one sense, you gain the others stronger. And she would just bam, right into the psychic abilities.
0: You know, this is a time frame, um, you know, the 80s. There was some crazy shit going about with people that have handicaps. You know, they have heightened abilities like you just mentioned and a lot of telepathy uh just all around telekinesis all all kinds of shit is going on with people in these in these horror films because you have to have someone with a higher ability a higher a higher power if they're gonna go against something that's unstoppable
1: and I feel like this was uh, Friday the 13th Part 7 had come out a year or two before this, so I'm sure that they were just like, yeah, let's do that. Let's have someone with psychic
0: powers. If you look at all these movies, 3, 4, and 5, the year that they came out and saw the other movies that came out within the genre, you will notice there may or may not be a trend happening. Um, so,
1: Now, the psychic is played by a woman named Samantha Scully who... Kind of reminds me like of an uh, 80s Jennifer Conley. Yes, Phenomenon. And I'm sure they were exactly going for that, too. Hey,
0: she looks a little like Jennifer Conley. Let's just put her in here and make her
1: have psychic powers. And there's our computer beeping and has to update again. And, uh, it always does that. Uh, there's some other people you might recognize in this movie as well. It took me a minute to catch on to the guy that plays the psychic's brother. I was like, that guy's face is so familiar. Why does he put that way? But he's wearing like... Full denim outfit, denim. He's got jeans, denim jacket, all faded. But my favorite is when the fading matches the pants and the jacket are exactly faded to the same amount. And he's got the long curly hair. Like who is this guy? Oh, I see now. He's uh, the guy who played Leo in Twin Peaks, Eric DeRay. Except so you would never recognize him with this hairstyle. And I'm not done with Twin Peaks yet because also. The doctor who's conducting these experiments is the guy who played Ben Horn on Twin Peaks. His name is uh, Richard Boehmer. And as these movies go on, you'll see more and more people that end up in David Lynch movies.
0: This is the last film to follow the storyline that was previously set in the last um, two movies. The four and five are standalone films. Kind of. They kind of they're mostly standalone yeah. films.
1: They don't have anything to do with the original Saturday Night, Night Story, but there's some weirdness going on with like what
0: they're standalone in the fact that four and five may have one connection, but they're not at all connected to the first three. The first yeah, three have almost... a connection. Um, they're just to clear that up. So, oh man, yes, Bill Mosley in a coma with the see-through half liquid brain um, should just tell you right there that this movie was terrible I did not care for this film I'm just going to throw my review really out really quick and then we'll just there's make fun of there's
1: not much it. to it to be quite honest it's pretty much Bill Moseley uh, is in the hospital when a Santa that's giving out presents comes into the room Triggers Bill Moseley. He wakes up out of the coma immediately. And you get like the Austin Powers kill from him with the Santa Claus. With the Santa's on the other side of the room going, no, what are you doing? Stop. Stop. Don't come towards me. No. 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 You're by the door, dude. Yeah. Just open the door and run. He makes... Because this guy, Bill Mosley, never runs in the course of this movie. He just staggers around like, like a drunk Michael Myers throughout the whole thing. They
0: never do. They just walk the... That a uh, very, very, very slow walk.
1: But I like the guy, uh, the, the Richard Baimer, the doctor who plays the doctor in this. He's got the, uh, he plays like I say, in Dr. Sex Predator was my note because he's with telling the psychic, we'll come back at this and we'll go harder, deeper, faster, and longer into this thing. We'll just be relentlessly going in like, Jesus, dude, you sound like a fucking sex criminal trying to describe what you're going to do
0: to somebody. Didn't also he asked her how long she had been handicapped? Yeah, I was like, what is this question?
1: But then of course you have like a story from her. She has an accident too. Somehow she went blind during a plane crash. I I never understand how they come up with these random ways. Why didn't they just? Why couldn't she have just been blind?
0: Why did that be during a plane crash? It was during a plane crash. She lost her sight. Who knows? Who knows? But if you really think about it, this has like kind of. A uh, little Red Riding Hood kind of you know feel to it because the big bad wolf, which was you know which would be Ricky, he's coming after her while she's going home to grandma's house with her brother in the woods. In the woods, yeah. And this is another one of those
1: creepy '80s movies too, where the brother introduces her to the girlfriend that he's bringing to Thanksgiving or to Christmas dinner, and the his sister just says, "Yeah, he told me all about you. He says you give great head." Who who talks about that with their sister?
0: Yeah, how does my, he know that?
1: Ha, yeah, who sits around and talks about that with their sister and is like, "Yeah, my girlfriend, she gives really good head." Like what? Who talks about that to their siblings like that? Uh, very strange.
0: It is very very strange. The whole movie is strange. The poor grandma, you know, Ricky, he because <laughs> you got to love the assistant to the doctor because it's like, she says this line like four times. If she can see what he's doing, then she can think, can he see what she's doing? Like...
1: Yes. The answer is yes.
0: (laughs) So he sees where the grandma lives and just like the big bad wolf, he gets there before she does, even though they left before he did. Yeah. Okay. They
1: left hours before he did and somehow... He spent time hitchhiking. This is one of my favorite parts of the movie. He's standing in the hospital robe with the see-through brain apparatus by the side of the road with his thumb out hitchhiking and someone picks him up.
0: Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw this out there, okay? The person that picked him up, I feel, was a Puerto Rican man. As a half-Puerto Rican woman myself, I feel like he was Puerto Rican. No Puerto Rican is going to be picking up a white naked man okay with a freaking he's wearing his hospital gown with an exposed brain out on the side of the road i'm sorry i mean who picks up a dude like that i would be like no bitch i would pretend i didn't even see you and keep driving
1: yeah no eye contact just look straight ahead keep going but yeah so He picks him up, and uh, that's where, you know, of course, he's killed shortly thereafter. Five
0: seconds later, he's killed. He cannot go home to his wife who's making him wear the ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah. That he happened to mention in passing in the five-second conversation. They tried to
1: give everybody a little bit of a character in this one. And then, of course, he stops to get gas, like you do, and he ends (laughs) up murdering the guy at the gas station because he said something Christmas-related, and he leaves his severed head sitting on the desk while his girlfriend is talking dirty to it. Because I guess she's like, oh, he hasn't said anything for a while. That means he just wants me to keep talking dirty to him.
0: And she's talking real dirty. And, I'm like, who's having conversations like that, you know, with the gas station? I don't know. It was just, it's very strange. It's very strange. The film does not, there's no, like, it just goes all out. There's like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're about. And grandma, this is the part that kills me grandma sees this guy she opens the door and she's like the classic grandma the white pure snowed hair really pretty wearing her little christmas outfit with the apron you know she's just baking cookies she's so sweet and nice but yet they did not teach her maybe don't open a door to a man that looks like ricky She's like, but she has sympathy because she feels like he has, he's a little off, like he's special. Oh, he is. I mean, he is, but. She's not wrong. Not in that, (laughs) not in the way that she thinks. She's like, oh, I'm going to be accepting because my granddaughter has a handicap and you have, it looks like you have a handicap come in i'm not going to be prejudiced and discriminate against you but it's like guy no it's a difference between being blind or in a wheelchair it's another thing when your booty out and you got a freaking well he put some clothes on by this point fishbowl brain fine the freaking uh puerto rican guy's uh christmas sweater with his booty out yeah. <laughs> uh and what gets me is they kind
1: of make out like the grandma's got that is going to have psychic powers too because they show her walking around and she goes the phone's going to ring and then the phone rings she's like oh okay maybe grandma's gonna no grandma apparently only has psychic abilities to tell when the phone's going to ring that's it And she gets no vibes from this killer whatsoever he comes in murders the shit out of her and she's just like oh i didn't see that coming
0: now, I wish they would have gone like full, like, mind you, this is my assumption of the whole R- Little Red Riding Hood thing, because that's how what I got from it. But why couldn't, when they got there, why couldn't he have been wearing her clothes like Ed Gein, like Ed Gein, you know, or <laughs> or whatever? Been, that would have been pretty funny. With the <laughs> bonnet
1: and, like... The clear brain sticking out from underneath it, but he's like, Grandma welcomes you. Yeah,
0: because she's blind, so she's not going to know, right? Like, when she touches the face, it's going to be Grandma's face. I mean, obviously, the oh, brother... Oh, not just wearing her clothes. Wearing her skin. <laughs> yeah, I said Ed Kine. Like, he's wearing the whole, like, suit. He's wearing a grandma suit. He just took all her innards on and just put her skin on top of his skin. Like, a whole suit. Like, you just skinned her from top to bottom. And, you know, he's he's just there walking along with the cookies. I feel like that would have been pretty fucking classic.
1: Now, it doesn't take him long once they get to grandma's house to figure out something's wrong. And then Ricky comes out and attacks him. And these people are the worst. Like, they let Ricky is attacking the brother and stabbing him. And the two girls just stand there and
0: go, oh, no, stop. What do we do? This is horrible. Now, I could understand the blind girl. She really can't see where he's attacking. So, okay. But the other girl is useless. It's like your boyfriend is being attacked. And, you're, first of all, you're not even trying to run. You don't even I mean, try to help. She didn't even try to, I mean, at least leave the blind girl behind. Like, okay, I just met you, so bye. I'm running for my life. I'm saving myself. She doesn't even try to do that. She's just standing there like, I'm just so helpless. No, please don't. Stop killing him. Like, what? <laughs>
1: yeah. And, you know, this one just, uh, the ones that we watched, this is the least interesting because they didn't even do anything crazy with the slasher besides the fact that he has the see-through head he just slowly walks up and stabs people. You know, and I they did a little bit of the, the Halloween 2018 thing where the psychiatrist is riding with a cop trying to find him. And when uh, the cop tells the psychiatrist guy, oh, I've got to uh, go relieve the reptile, the scientist jumps into the car, drives off, tries to find Ricky and warn him that they're going to come and kill him. And then, of course, Ricky just kills him. I'm like, oh. Did they steal this for the 2018 Halloween? Because that seems kind of familiar.
0: I like the clue that the doctor had given the cop. He was like, she did say her grandmother. She always brings me oranges from her grandmother's grove. And the fucking cop is like, "Uh, we're going to need some oranges where are there oranges in the area orange trees like that's You're in a, California that's a common thing like they know exactly where oh here you go pinpoint off route marker 29. we There's, need
1: we need uh, the address of an old lady who lives near orange's stat and they're like okay detective Jones we got you right here here's her address
0: wasn't the psychic the blind lady uh, wasn't she also sending like signals like some clues to the fucking police officer somehow no no because I feel like when he got there he thanked her he was like thank you for helping me find you and i'm like how did she do that was she leaving like breadcrumbs yeah they never really explained that and what the
1: weirdest part of this to me is of course you know you have the showdown with her and the and ricky and she stabs ricky a few times with a broken broom handle and that does man they're loading everybody in the ambulance at the end of the movie and now i couldn't tell if it was ricky or the brother that they loaded into the ambulance and said Get him to the hospital, we might be able to save him.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, um, I hope you're not trying to save... What is so special about Ricky? Like, why Why are they keep reviving him and putting fake brain bowls and all kinds of crazy shit? Like, he fucking has a cure to fucking cancer. Like, Then the
1: best part of it is, she's sitting in the police car talking to the cop, and she says, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. And then we get, a, like, a few seconds of them driving away in the car, and then we cut to a like fade in of Bill Mosley still wearing the like brain bowl but in a tuxedo and, and he, says and he's
0: wearing a Santa hat on top of the brain bowl I feel I feel like he was wearing a Santa hat and but <laughs> then says
1: and a happy new year roll credits.
0: Yeah what like, the <laughs> fuck I was know, that?
1: Okay, so that one's done. Now up next is Silent Night Deadly Night for Initiation
0: a bizarre event. This would make a great story. For her, it was the chance of a lifetime.
1: I work for the LAI. I'm an investigative reporter. There's got to be some logical explanation
0: for the burning. But some questions... Get away from me! Leave me alone! ...are better left unanswered.
1: What happened? Are you all right? The woman who jumped. She was my daughter. But now you've come to take her place. Make your fear real. Get it out
0: it's the night you've been waiting for please,
1: please kill the man <laughs> become a
0: whole woman the night you've been screaming for it's the silent night, deadly night for initiation you're one of us now join the club man we rolled through the, that third one because there barely, barely is nothing anything to talk about that film
1: Okay, but... There's no substance. Now we're at part four. And, man, other things to say about this. Because Silent Night, Deadly Night, part four is written and directed by our good
0: friend, Brian Yuzna. Yuzna, okay? If you guys are not familiar with Yuzna, we have covered several of his movies. I feel like all of his movies. We've covered at least three, I feel. And he has... So, very,
1: very particular fetishes, Is Brian Usna. Very creepy, slimy, body horror stuff. Usna is all about it.
0: Yes. I, I wasn't going to say fetish. I was going to say... Um, I don't know what the word was. I didn't want to use fetish. But, yes, he does have a tendency to go a little much. And he does it with the help of Screaming Matt George... Yeah, Who when you see their names the together, effects.
1: you know it's going to be some crazy shit.
0: Four and five have Usna, um attached to them in some shape, way, or form.
1: Yeah, he wrote, he co-wrote part five, but and produced it, but he didn't actually direct that one.
0: And not to be an asshole, but when you see first, you see Usna, you're like, oh god, what is this going to be? And then you see Clint Howard is yeah, in the movie, Clint and you're like,
1: Howard is like the second build guy in this movie, you're like. Oh, this is not going to be good.
0: The film opens up. Clint Howard is a bum, okay? And he fucking finds a burger on the floor, as you do. He opens it, and he's like, ah, fuck, there's no cheese. And I'm like, this is the opening to the film. (laughs) Also,
1: you looked away at the point and did not notice
0: that the burger was covered in cockroaches. Oh, God! Oh, okay, we're not going to jump right into that real quick. We're not going to... We're going to save that for... Yes, I... I must have because I just noticed that there was no cheese that he said that. And I was like, I have to have this in my fucking opening because who opens a film like that? Oh, but it got it gets better from there. While that's happening above him, the building that he's standing next to, there's a woman who's having some kind of struggle and <laughs> the woman is burning on top she falls. of the roof. She falls. She's on fire. Then she isn't on fire, and then she's on fire again when she hits the ground, and she has two large holes where her butt cheeks would have been.
1: <laughs> and her legs <laughs> They're are... burning,
0: and they're singed, their
1: Her legs are just gone. Her legs look like those uh, things that you light up, those little snakes you light up before the die. <laughs> her legs look like that, just laying out behind her. And my favorite is when the police come and do the old-time, like, trace around the body with a chalk outline... They trace around the little, like, you know, charcoal legs that she has. <laughs> they trace around the charcoal <laughs> legs and leave, charcoal leave, legs. leave that there. It's hilarious. And like the a,
0: bottom hole cheeks. <laughs> what the fuck? Does she have butt implants? And that's why her butt cheeks fucking burned like exploded? that?
1: Exploded? I don't know. I think they just set the dummy on fire and whatever happened, happened.
0: The plastic just burned through in a perfectly round fucking circle on each side. <laughs> What the fuck is that? And then there's a crazy fucking sex scene. Like, I think that...
1: Cut right to the sex scene, yeah.
0: And it's like, it's like porno sex. It's like full sex. Like, I was just like... <laughs> Literally, the movie has not even been on for five minutes. We see Clint Howard eating fucking a cockroach burger. <laughs> a woman... Thrown off a building, on fire, not on fire, with her singed fucking snake legs, whatever the fucking was. And then a uh, straight up, you know, core hardcore. No, I wouldn't say hardcore, but so it was some
1: soft stuff. Here. Soft, soft sex. And then of course these are like the <laughs> the couple that's uh, they're working a newspaper together, and she wants to investigate the burning lady, and he's like, ah. Stories like that aren't for dames. That's for real men, reporters. You girls need to stick to what you do best. Stick working the obituaries, kiddo, and the, and the classifieds. You'll get there someday. The calendar, someday.
0: the events. Yeah,
1: you know, it's like it's a 1930s kind of movie. She's like, no, I think I'll just go investigate. So she goes to investigate, and she runs into Clint Howard, of course. And he you know, is a typical greasy Clint Howard but at one point she ends up on the roof of the building where the girl jumped off and you see this giant slimy bug that looks like a giant version of one of the worms from Star Trek 2 just like slithering along. Clint Howard just picks it up and is like ah, how did you get out of here? And then just, just shoves it back
0: into a hole like with no problem. You're like, "What? what the fuck is going on? And she goes to investigate at the bottom of the building because there's a it's a bookstore. Down oh, it's there. the New
1: Age bookstore that's in all these movies throughout the eighties, where it's like all, their entire section is that one section in Barnes and Noble that just has all the pictures of aliens like riding Sasquatch around. That's that's the whole bookstore.
0: And the clerk at the bookstore is like, she has random bowls right at the checkout counter, and she's like. Here, eat this mung fucking beetle, whatever the hell it is. Like, some weird, it looked like, was it a date? It It looked looked like like some kind of bean or something. It looked like a date that had been shriveled,
1: and then you dipped it in chocolate or something because it was, like, dripping and greasy. And she picked it up and just immediately ate it. Like, no questions. Like, oh, okay, this is probably fine.
0: She ate it, and then the best part, the best part meaning the worst part, was when she spit out the freaking pit and the clerk is like, Oh, here you go, I'll take that for you. Puts it in a napkin and just like puts it in her fucking pocket. You're at that point, I feel like you're like, So this this woman is a witch. Like she's gonna put some kind of fucking curse to spell, some shit on me, because Who's randomly keeping, like, spitted out pits from fucking customers in their pocket? Also, why would you be, I understand it's like a new age, whatever, but even in the new age stores, like, in fucking, like, I would think of, like, Portland, Oregon, they don't have weird, (laughs) like, dates and bullshit at the counter for you to eat.
1: No, just not, why just, it's not. not just like drippy, slimy. It's not like there was like a bowl of individually wrapped candy that you picked up from there and said, oh, sure, I'll take a mint. No, this would just be like if there was a bowl of loose M&Ms that someone poured chocolate sauce on and then left it there and said,
0: help yourself. Why not? I don't know what Yuzna was thinking and or the other people that wrote this, but for some reason they thought, yeah... Maybe one of them had read, like, Kafka's, like, Metamorphosis. Maybe that was a thing. Because once she's trying to investigate, you know, she's not even supposed to be doing this investigation. Because she's not a reporter. She's the calendar girl. Like, she does the foo-foo work at the freaking newspaper, like you previously mentioned.
1: Oh, and her editor is Reggie Bannister from the Phantasm movies. So, like... We know what Reggie now does with his spare time when he's not down chasing the tall man. He works as a newspaper editor,
0: (laughs) and you know she's she's on the lead. You know she's trying to gather up all this information, which is like basically no information. She gets invited by the clerk to come to some like weird hangout that the a a woman's empire empowerment empowerment uh meeting or whatever. So she's like, okay. And so d- and also, let
1: me ask you about this: When you go to meet a group of strange women for the first time, and they all just greet you by kissing you on the mouth, are you not a little suspicious that okay. something might be going on here more than
0: just an empowerment meeting? <laughs> I like how you just jumped ahead to that. Yes, obviously that's. But we, we're going to get more to that because that red flag, red flag. There were several red flags in this get together. Okay, we'll get to that. We can't just skip over the most horrifying. Part, this is when the movie for me was like, I can't see this movie anymore. I don't know how I sat through this movie. (laughs) It was way too much for me. Um, I feel like I should write you a letter of like, you did something to me and I can't. I need therapy now. Because all of us, she goes back home and she's making pasta dinner. And before, while she's making this dinner, there's a crazy outbreak of bugs. This was—it goes from like one bug to like five thousand bugs, all over, coming out of the sink, and she's spraying up the apartment with you know with her quote-unquote raid. Unquote, raid. Um, and they're just coming out the wazoo. She goes to sit down. And she's eating her pasta. And then it's like one of those things like, oh, my pasta looks fine. It's like the Lost Boys. My pasta's fine. And, oh, is it maggots? No, it's not maggots. It's fucking roaches. It's roaches and they're crawling everywhere. She
1: flips the pasta, the spaghetti. She flips it over. It lands on the floor. And, uh uh-oh did it just land in the exact symbol that we saw in the in the bookstore about the witchcraft?
0: Yes, there's oh, a symbol that keeps coming oh, about. Oh,
1: Brian, you, no, you're so crafty.
0: At this point, she's like I'm out because she actually was supposed to have dinner with the guy she was fucking in the, earlier in the movie. So she goes to have weird, awkward dinner with the guy and his family. Like, the brother. And this is the only reason why we even have this scene is because we're going to visit this family at the last part of the film. And we need them to be here. So it's the you know the dad that's mad sexist and it's like, women belong in the kitchen and no one, that's all they need to be He doing. tells her right off
1: the bat, my wife never worked. She didn't need to. and Then she says something about... Oh, well, we didn't celebrate Christmas at my house. Because celebrated, she's Jewish. Yeah, we didn't celebrate Christmas. We celebrated Hanukkah. And he's like, well, isn't that a surprise? And he just whips out the anti-Semitism. Like, real quick, you can tell, like, dad's the racist. Of every, every kind of ism there is, dad is that.
0: Yeah, if you're a person that gets triggered by things, this is not the film for you. There's a lot of triggers.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, I don't... This is the... Trigger lead, alert! With this, we should have said that at the beginning the of movie, <laughs> This movie should just be called Trigger Warning because there's something in here that'll get to everybody. <laughs> silent, night, silent Night, Deadly Night, Trigger Warning. That's part six. And it has, like, a gun on the front of it with a hand holding it. But then, really, it's just all the offensive shit that happens and it's what the Trigger Warning is.
0: <laughs> so, she has her, you know, weird interaction there to meet the brother, the mom, the dad. And... Also to get, I don't know, possibly raped in the front lawn. Like, the her... And the, I also love they,
1: when you have these people that they're, like, in their... The guy looks like he's in his early 30s, but he has, like, a 10-year-old brother. Yeah. Like, wait, what? And the parents still look like they might be in their early 50s. You're like, so... Okay, never mind. But, yeah, he just, like, jumps right on her. He's immediately like, you know what would make you feel better about this bad day with my parents? Some sex.
0: Like, it, like, they're not even in the car. They're, like, in the snow. Like, it's cold as fuck, and he's trying to literally take her fucking jacket off and just have her titties flapping in the fucking wind. Okay? But this is not the first time he's accosted her. After they had their throes of passion, Multiple times in the movie at work, he has tried he has tried to accost her several times and be on top of her. And she's like, get away from me. Like every time we're together, it's not about sex. Because it obviously was for him. Because that's all she was, was just a piece of ass. Even right off the beginning, he thought, Oh, I thought we were supposed to keep this casual. And she's like, Yeah, I want to meet your parents. And I'm like, um, I don't know if you know what the definition of casual is, girl. You can't it's what it's it's like when you're like casual, but The woman's like, oh, yeah, let's keep it casual, wink, wink. I really mean I want to marry you and have 4.5 kids. (laughs) It's like, no, that's not what we're doing here. But she leaves. She goes back to the apartment to continue the horror that had started. Now...
1: Now the roach has grown roughly to the size of... Of a
0: fucking toddler. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's like a 30-pound roach just w- walking through the apartment. Smoking for- a
0: cigarette. It's like the beetle and fucking Beetlejuice <laughs> that's just chilling on the fucking couch, you know, smoking and drinking fucking whiskey. It's crawled onto the couch. It's growing and growing. It literally, at one point, I, I had to stop. I had to look away because I was just, is it the most disgusting? First of all, what the hell is the point of this? Where, it didn't even mention that in the in the book that she, the, the New Age book that she was reading, what is this weird roach thing that has literally grown, it's like all the roaches came together maybe, and like Aye. build a mega roach, like it's a transformer, like a Voltron I should say, I don't know what's going on. But now the roach is literally trying to... I feel like at some point it was trying to get under her skirt. It was trying to enter her.
1: Yeah, it was trying to get inside her body, but she wasn't having it.
0: There's a roach fight in the bathroom where they're tossing. She's able to throw it out of the bathroom, and it scuttles away to the wall. It's just horrifying. I did not enjoy any of that of the film, and it does not stop there with the roaches. It gets... So much more worse. I That was just a fucking tipping point. <laughs> we do not get any clarity on the roaches. Like she, like now she goes and she meets with these, the ladies. First of all, the meeting is like four other ladies plus the bookstore owner. Her, they're at a park. There's a picnic basket and a blanket they're just like... It was a scene from The Craft when they're all, like, chanting <laughs> and the fucking butterflies come. It was that scene, but there was... There was nothing really happened. They gave her something to drink and then she starts... Hallucinating that she's able to grab like a tree that's up and like high up above her. and Yeah,
1: and they're doing like the weird camera angles on it and everything. It was very strange.
0: And then pops up the fucking crazy ass boyfriend. Like pops up out of nowhere. Like first of all, there's no cell phones. Like how did he track her? Was he following her the whole time? Like he just pops up. Like what are you doing? You're not supposed to be following the story. They want you back at the office to finish the calendar. Like what? What's happening? <laughs> where did this guy come from are you okay what's wrong with you and then he and I think he actually starts trying to get
1: <laughs> he probably did but We should mention too that now I don't remember when they show it but they show him finally like in bed with when he's actually got some clothes on before he's going to jump on her and he's wearing the old-timey nightshirt like the like the stripe the like, Scrooge like the Scrooge looking nightshirt that comes down past your knees he's wearing that like yeah. what
0: everybody that is in like in their nightgown part because there's another scene where um an Alice Blemish was her name? Beasley. Beasley. she's wearing the freaking Christmas Carol nightgown as well which is really weird. It was like they had no production value like there was no costume department. They just
1: went and got whatever the hell they could find and were like look wear this okay?
0: Yeah just this is what's happening. Maybe they had that in their closet who knows? It's very strange. Yeah that I'm gonna tell you if a man opened the door wearing that nightshirt gown thing I would not be into it. I would be like, why do you look like one of the grandparents from Willy Wonka? Like, what's going on?
1: (laughs) And Grandpa Joe here about to jump on you.
0: (laughs) There was a lot of screaming for me.
1: There was a lot of screaming. So they give her again something to eat and drink at the house. And she immediately, like, I'm sorry. She goes and meets them at their house again later because they invite her to come by later. She gets there. She eats something, drinks something, and... She starts immediately feeling the effects of it. And like you do, they just strip her naked, lay her down on the couch, and then they pull the giant worm thing out of her. Yeah, out of her stomach. Nasty. They just pull that out. And then we proceed to... She gets to have sex with a greased-up Clint
0: Howard. Oh, you just you just went into the... You skipped the whole thing. He, before that happened. she gets kidnapped by Clint Howard in her house... Clint Howard. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. She, she jumped up and
1: got away after yeah. they pulled the bug out of her and were like, yeah, th- this is happening now. This is your life. You need to in- embrace it. She ran away. And then that's when Clint Howard came to the house to abduct her. That's where we saw him in the nightshirt. Yes, sorry.
0: that's where we saw the guy in the nightshirt, which you may be thinking, hmm, Betty and Chad. I haven't heard anything about Christmas in this whole film. <laughs> yes, because there isn't any. There's two references or two things at Christmas Eve this fucking nightshirt. And when she does walk in and she sees Clint Howard sitting on her, he walks in. First of all, there. They're having, they're about to have sex because she gets horny off of something. She's like, Oh, your nightshirt turns me on because she's been drugged, induced by whatever, and she's acting all weird and she's trying to have sex with a guy. And while they're like in the throes of it, Clint Howard walks in. He sits at the edge of the bed and starts watching TV and he starts watching Silent Night,
1: Deadly Night, Part Three. 'Cause you know, you don't have to worry about clearances for anything, so you just shove that in.
0: And then he starts laughing. And that's when the boyfriend is like, Oh, what the fuck? Who are you? Why are you here? Listen, I
1: there's never been any time I was having sex with someone on a bed and another person walked in and sat down on the bed that I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. I don't know what the hell you're doing that. They just didn't notice, but okay. Yeah,
0: I don't know how you don't notice that. And, then of course... I also feel like things. Clint
1: Howard would give off a special aura or smell. Definitely or smell. Something, since he was living on the street eating cockroach burgers. I feel like that would have overwhelmed oh. you right away.
0: So, yeah, he's there to collect her because she needs to come back and finish the initiation of what's happening, you know. And there's, a, of course, a kerfuffle and a fight between Clint Howard, the boyfriend, and her, and the Boyfriend gets killed. Like, yeah, and, and I, good riddance to him
1: because. I feel like he's about a foot and a half taller and outweighs Clint Howard by a good hundred pounds. Like, he didn't try real hard to fight Clint Howard, I think.
0: he The fight, I feel like, took 20 minutes, but this whole movie felt like it was like five hours long.
1: Yeah, I, like this guy kind of felt like he just picked up Clint Howard and thrown him out the window, but he kept, like, just, like, play fighting with him.
0: After all of this, and she's gone back, and now she's in some weird uh, meat locker thing.
1: Yeah, it's the uh, Chinese deli that's always around near this.
0: Yeah, which she had interviewed the guy earlier in the movie. Because it's in the same building if you heard anything weird or whatever. And he's like, no, I'm good. That whole scene is just disturbing too. But, um, you know, as you do witches they naked dancing around you know in a meat locker and there's like you know a fucking oriental rug on the floor um and And, then here we go what who do you have coming in clint howard wearing a fucking dick nose mask like it's a dick nose mask there's nothing like it's exactly what i'm saying it is and it's horrifying
1: and they grease him up they like low. They grease him up, put the you know put the oils all over him, and then have him go at her, which is the second most horrifying part of the movie.
0: Yeah, and you know, okay, then there's a fade away. Thank God, like for all things, like thank everybody because we didn't, we didn't to need any, to see that. We had to see any
1: of Clint Howard's nudity.
0: What I saw was already too much. Just him with the dick nose mask on was like, okay, this mask obviously was made for a reason and he's going to use it because that's the impression it leaves you, it gives you. So that happens. She wakes up, she's booty naked and the fucking meat blocker and... They just put clothes on, they give her clothes, and they're like, here you go, on your way, go go live your normal life. Oh,
1: but one quick thing, you are going to need to go find your boyfriend's brother that's 10 years old, and you're going to need to kill him. Or you're going to die.
0: Yeah, or you're going to burn up like a fiery death, like the chick in the beginning of the movie. Because guess what, spoiler alert, bookstore owner, that was my daughter, and she didn't finish the initiation, and then she burned to flames.
1: So you're going to have to go kill this kid.
0: There's no explanation to... they kind of hinted that the roaches and, and the thing that they took out of her is the disease and it's like the fear that she has and it's like man. It's like men are a disease and they like put you down. They don't let you move forward and you need to come to one like terms of, you know, that you are woman and strong and you can get through it and whatever. There's a lot of... Things going on. And it's not clear at all. It's just jumble bull crap. Like, it's not clearly said. This is it. This is just... Everything I said is basically what they said. It's like fear and whatever. And it's like, what? But then how and why? What was the whole point to begin with? And it's special chosen women that are, cho- are chosen. Not everyone has to go through this. So how did
1: she just randomly stumble into it? And they were like, oh... You have specially selected yourself by walking into the bookstore.
0: It was when she ate the seed. I'm pretty sure that that was like the first test. Like now we have her saliva in this thing. We're going to be able to do whatever fucking magics we're going to do to find out if she's going to be the one. Or if she has some kind of like reaction to it, then he's like she has been chosen. Because that's the only link to the beginning of the film to, ha- you know, to anything that goes on is her, after she eats the seed, like, after that, it's just downhill because that's when she starts going through all this bullcrap. It's just very strange and unclear. Very much like society. Like, I don't... I, I'm I sure have, they
1: used... To, this was just leftover ideas they had for some from society, I'm sure.
0: And, you know of course there's a she doesn't want to die she doesn't want to kill the little kid either so there's a power struggle between the bookstore owner and you know the rest of the clan and you know she has to fight kim is the the kim is the uh the reporter's name yeah she has to she has to fight her way into do i know this i guess we should call her a journalist maybe anyways and she has to fight against the bookstore owner and then she does and boom she comes up in flames and, and it's the end of the movie and you're like you're left with so many questions what did i the just brother, see the brother the brother
1: lives she lives i guess it's like okay well you killed the bookstore owner so you get to live now i
0: guess because she's the one that started the spell and put the spell on you so she's the creator of the spell and then now she's dead so now the spell just doesn't affect you
1: yeah I don't
0: exactly questions and what the hell what did I just waste my two hours of my life also when a film in its credits has a credit to pasta okay that's when you know that you've seen some crazy shit okay pasta Got a credit. The pasta that we, we saw Kim eat earlier in the film that got em- drenched in roaches got a credit. Because it, it, that, that's a thing. You need a, you need a credit for that. And that's the end of Silent Night, Deadly Night, Initiation.
1: Now we're going to move on to Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toymaker.
0: Welcome to the shop of Joe Petto. Here, you'll find the most amazing gadgets on Earth.
1: Each toy is unique.
0: What a terrible accident. Sarah, you think this is an accident? Look.
1: Each specially designed by the craftsman himself.
0: Fuck! where did all, where did all these toys come from?
1: Sarah, what do you know about that old guy from the toy store? What wonder if I told you he was arrested for maiming some kids several years ago.
0: What reason could he have to hurt innocent children?
1: Joe Petto always wanted a real boy.
0: Where's Derek? He took him. Who took him? What? Right Who? The, the toy
1: But he'll have to make what he can get. All you need is a little of that and a little of that and a little of that. From the producer of Bride of Reanimator.
0: I want my boy! you are done with him? I'm
1: your son now, not... Him. With special effects by Screaming Mad George Inc. of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 comes the most incredible night yet. Mickey Rooney stars in Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toymaker. Merry Christmas! Another Usna film. He just wrote and produced this one. He didn't direct it. This one was directed by a, uh, a guy named Martin uh, Kittrosser.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say another Usna film, like Dolls, that has toys in it.
1: And right off the bat, they let you know how clever they are here. They're like, oh, Mickey Rooney is in this movie, who coincidentally wrote a very large public statement decrying the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's what a terrible movie it was, and the people who made it should be run out of town. But a few years later, I'm going to be in part five. I guess technically he's not a killer Santa in this one, and he objected to the whole portrayal of Santa. But he's still a killer in this, and he does at one point wear a Santa suit. So I guess there was enough money that changed his mind. But to let you know how clever they are, he works at a he owns a toy shop and makes toys, and his name is Joe Pedo.
0: Yeah, Joe Pedo, and his son is named Pino.
1: Oh. wink 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 do you get it
0: wink 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 so why do all kids in the horror films horror films in general always end up watching their fucking parents have sex and then something terrible happens after
1: yeah that's not good that's how this starts off he sees the parents having sex
0: and the dad yucky
1: the stepdad
0: oh the stepdad well we don't know that going in you no. just gave that away shad right off the bat fine oh, yeah,
1: cuz we I didn't want to ruin this 30-year-old movie.
0: The stepdad, he has nasty matted fucking chest hair and he's wearing a gold chain. So you should just already know. Yuck. Disgusting. <laughs> okay, like no. He <laughs> once he's done with his woman, you know, he, uh, well, the sun goes downstairs because, of course, like in all things, let me open the front door and there's a package waiting for me. I'm gonna bring that in and it says don't open to Christmas and I'm gonna fucking open it, even though it's not even Christmas yet. I'm gonna open it. Shadow's plan to play devil's advocate and be cute and be like, maybe it's 1201, maybe it's already Christmas morning. And I'm like, no, it says don't open to Christmas. That's like you have to go to sleep and wake up where there's a sun <laughs> like hinting off the fucking clouds. You know, it's 6 a.m., 8 a.m., and then you open the present. That's Christmas morning. That's 12.01. That's someone who just wants to open the present. But he's a kid. So he opens the present, and I "What? <laughs> what's in the box? I was like, um, was Pokemon a thing? I guess it was. It's like 1991 at this point. So it looks like big a big Pokemon ball. Yeah. It's huge. It's a huge Pokemon ball but it it's not because dad comes down and he's like literally picks the child up and is shaking him like if it was a baby the baby would be dead he was just holding him up there for like three minutes holding him in the air shaking him what are you doing awake Why are you down here? I told you not to open the door without a supervision. Which is true. Little kids should not be opening the door by themselves at any given point. But I don't think it, you know, denotes being shaken up in midair for several minutes. And he shushes the kid away to be like, you know what? I'm going to finish opening this present and play with the toy. um, Because, you know, it's addressed to me. (sighs) And right there at that point, I was like, yeah, so he deserves everything that's going to happen to him because this guy's a fucking idiot. And And the toy is a weird, like, I thought it was just going
1: to blow up and, like, throw spikes in his face or something. But it, like, just grows really long arms and legs and wraps around his face and kind of disorients
0: him and has him freaking out, clawing at it. Before, okay, so yes, that happened. But before all of that crazy shit happened, this should have been, there's clues, okay, context clues that some shit was going to go down, okay? He opens it up. The top of it in the middle slowly gets longer. And it's, oh, Santa. And he looks glorious, it's a painted, like, German-esque, you know, picture illustration of Santa. And then the head spins, and it's Santa with a very mad face. Like, you... you. It was Krampus-style Santa, right? And now the music is playing off the thing, and now it's playing the funeral march. Yeah, That right there should have been like, um... <laughs> Throw this shit in the fire that's burning. It's not going to be a good time. The funeral march is playing. Yes, that's, that's when he gets... Choked out by Mega Santa Pokemon Ball, and it causes him to fall and stab himself
1: through the eye with the fireplace poker.
0: And now he's dead. And And now
1: we don't have a dad anymore. No more dad. So uh, she's you know very upset. The mom is upset. She's like, oh, he just he doesn't want to play with Christmas anymore. He's so upset about all this. So I'm going to take him down to the creepiest fucking toy shop I can imagine. And this is. Joe Pedo's toys
0: before you before you get to I did I did want to say that when she did come down the stairs okay because that was the part that I, I was just because I have a sick fucking sense of humor and I was just crackling up the son's there she sees the dead the dad dead you know she just finished wiping up with her fucking rag she just finished cleaning up in there and then now she has to come downstairs dude that she just had sex with is fucking dead right and then she's like oh no i'm like why is your voice so coarse was it mad dick that you were sucking five seconds ago like you cannot fucking get your voice out like it was weird raspy it was crazy it was so raspy okay so then yes now we're in the toy store
1: in the toy store and you the toy store looks like the fucking like curious goods from friday the 13th the tv show like they opened another branch because all the toys are mad creepy in there and then like She's asking the kid, like, well, don't you want one of these? He's like, no, I really don't. Like, they sell a toy called Larry the Larva.
0: Larry the Larva. Which is a
1: giant purple worm. Again, looks kind of like the worms from Star Trek that's in there. And it's like, no, no kid wants that. Even I was a weird monster kid, I would looked at that and been like, no, that's that's not good.
0: It doesn't also help that when you looked at the box, it's like in a pink box, like long box looking like a doll box. So it's kind of misleading because you think you're going to get like this, you know, cute doll and it's not, not a cute doll at all. And and all the toys have, most of the toys have weird like glued on uh, Google, googly eyes. Yeah, it, It's not a good look. It's uh, really terrible. And, you know, there's weird, you you get to meet P- Pino the Sun, Joe Petto, and then some weird guy who's been following them.
1: Yeah, and you're kind of worried at first that, like, oh, this is not going to be good. He's going to be a creepy fuck. And he is, but he's actually the real dad of the kid. Because, like all these things, she's like, I needed a man to take care of me. Not a boy like you. And he's like, well, I joined the army. She's like, yeah, and while you were off gallivanting about in the army, I had to raise our child. So I married him so he could take care of me and pay for my college. Uh so you were a gold digger then?
0: You just yeah. married
1: a dude to pay for the baby? Like what?
0: Exactly. And then it's like but I didn't like he said I didn't even know I had a kid. Now, Larry the Larva, he's one of those toys that that whole skit, the consumer probe from SNL, this would have been one of the toys that uh Dan Aykroyd's character I <laughs> yeah. uh Irwin Mainway would have had. And his thing, because it's mad dangerous. There's, like, sharp fucking, like, teeth sticking out of the front. It's very deadly. It's like, this is something a kid should not be playing with.
1: Yeah, and this, we also, in this movie, we get to meet uh, the mom's good friend, uh, oh, Kim.
0: Kim, who is Neef Hunter from the previous film. And now they don't... Who's also named Kim.
1: Yeah. Now, they don't really say that she's the same character, but they do have the mom in this say, oh, it's been crazy lately. And have, they have Kim's character go, yeah, you wouldn't believe the year I've had. But that's it. And then we also have, at one point, Clint Howard shows up playing another character named Ricky. And he's not the same guy, but it's Clint Howard playing a weird Santa named Ricky, so you make the call. And it's very strange. Like, I guess maybe they didn't want to have to try and connect the two movies, but yet they did with the characters. So I'm not sure why they felt the need to do that. Just give them different names or, I don't know, cast someone different. This is probably one of those things where they filmed them back to back, like one right behind the other. And they were just like, I don't know, you want to play somebody different in this movie? And just threw them in there.
0: No, she's literally named the same character in both movies. But her, like I said, how do you not know? Because it's like, I think it's using the sister, using the wife, who did the casting for part five, more than likely casting for part four. And it's like, why did you have, the character's name is Kim Lovett. And if you look at the character in both four and five, it's Kim Lovett in both things. So they were wink, wink, trying to be cute about it. Because how do you cast the same woman and name her Kim? Why didn't... No wait. Now,
1: they did say that kid that she had. They did say that that was her adopted son. Did she adopt the brother of the...
0: What <gasps> yes. was the what was and the he had name? blonde
1: hair. What was the brother's name? Let me look. Uh, yes, that is the same kid.
0: I'm dead. And by the way,
1: the kid in this is Conan Yusna. I'll let you figure out how that's related. But yeah, so this is it. She adopted the kid. And now the t- Pino comes and leaves another box on the steps for her son. And it's, what is it? You know, it's some little uh, rollerblades because those were big in the 90s. And he throws them out. He's like, I don't want any part of this shit. Anything that comes in a box that, addressed to me is probably not good. So Lonnie goes and puts them on. And as soon as he puts them on, he starts rocketing about the neighborhood in these things. He's going great. He's having fun. And then all of a sudden, his rocketing turns real serious. Flames shoot out of the back of it. And he's, like, spinning around in circles, running up and down driveways. And then he gets hit in the slowest vehicle ever. Like, this car hits him at, like, five miles an hour. And then the next scene... You see him. He's wrapped up in bandages like the fucking mummy. Or, I'm sorry, like the fucking invisible man in bandages. And they're like, it's okay. He's going to pull through. He got hit at five miles an hour. What the hell? Like, you can hit a cat at five miles an hour and it'll survive. This kid got hit at five miles an hour. He looks like they threw him off the Empire State Building. He's so fucked up. His whole
0: face is bruised and swollen. (laughs) It's really bad. And it is a... It was a, like... Boing! Like he barely got. There was a. There was only like half a roll.
1: Yeah, like I've been bumped by a car that hard. (laughs) Okay,
0: and it. He didn't even break the
1: windshield. Yeah, nothing. But then he's so fucked up, and then she's just like. But then you hear the doctor give the standard thing of, "Don't worry, he's going to be fine." He doesn't look fine. It looks like you worked him over with a ball bat after he came to the hospital. Did they drop him at the hospital, like down a flight of stairs, and they were like, "Fuck." Just say it was like a delayed injury of some kind. and we'll, They'll believe it. It's the 90s.
0: Now, they give a lot of, you know, there's a, you're thinking the whole time. They kind of have that, who's the suspect? You know, who's, who, we you, sus you everyone is a suspect is what I'm trying to say. I couldn't get that out. Um, you're like, oh, is it, you know, the freaking creepy guy that's, you know, following them every fucking five seconds before you find out that he's a dad? Do you, is it Jopetto? Is it Pino? Like, As in, well, let's go ahead and
1: say it Pinocchio? Yeah, even the cat was like, Jesus Christ, that's corny.
0: <laughs> and he runs the Joe Joppetto yeah. runs the shop, in case anyone literally is like, why? In case did that it?
1: wasn't that subtle.
0: Yeah. um You know, you have him, he's a toy maker, and he's making all these deadly toys because, you know, why not? that's what i'm going to do i'm going to make fucking crazy fucking toys that are going to like wake up and kill people or children cuz i'm bitter because my wife and my unborn baby boy like they got they got killed and they died and now i you know have this other son and he's good for no- he's you know good for nothing i hate that guy and i'm just this old grumpy fuck man that's mad I'm just like okay. Well, if I couldn't have my family, then everyone's family dies. I guess is the thought process behind that. There's not really. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go with that one. We're gonna go with that. And I feel like the movie. There's just a lot of running around, and there's a lot of closets. I feel like there was a lot of like going into hiding things and and going upstairs. There was a lot of things you that have, were happening, but yeah. nothing was happening.
1: You have Pino coming into the house and just like looking around and. She goes to Geppetto and is like, yeah, I caught your son just lurking around in our house. What the fuck's with that? He goes, oh, yeah, we used to live there. Sometimes he does that. Yeah, which is like,
0: okay. She's like, well, well if he does
1: it again, I'm going to call the cops. We're like, okay, I guess I'll tell him to quit that.
0: Yeah, I guess that's not good then. So, while the
1: mom is coming out of work one day, she meets up with the mysterious guy. and He
0: comes up behind her like a murderer. And she runs away. Like You're like, oh, finally, okay, this guy's the guy. Like, she's trying to terribly, like...
1: She's running in heels.
0: She's running here, trying to get into her car, and she's literally not even putting the key in the fucking hole. This is my thing,
1: is who just carries a single loose car key in their pocket, (laughs) or in their purse? Not on a ring or anything, it's just a loose key, and she's shaking... Like, you know... It's like a leaf. But like 40 degrees outside and she's wet. And she's just shaking like crazy trying to get... And drops it down a grate and it's like,
0: oh, no. And then the guy's running after her. She runs away. And then he catches up with her. And then she looks at him and he looks at her. And then they fucking just start making out like mad people. And you're like, what? what is going on right now? And then come to find out, yeah, you know, that's the her baby daddy. And then, like you do in all things... When you're in the, it's 40 degrees out, you you got lost out of your car. You can't you can't get into your car. Your son's waiting at home. No, there no, might he, be a killer of the loose. He
1: coincidentally, I think, is a locksmith. So he pops her car open for her and then is like, well, I see you've got a station wagon here. And a blanket. Have, and a, oh, They didn't need a blanket. They just fucked in the back seat.
0: There was a blanket. Oh,
1: yeah. Wherever that came from because I didn't see it before. But yeah, so while they're having sex there, the kid's at home with the babysitter.
0: Who the babysitter is the only babysitter I've seen so far where she actually did something good but also something bad at the same time. Earlier,
1: Pino shows up at the house.
0: No, the fa- the, oh, I'm sorry, the, who the father who shows up. The earlier the father had showed up. Yeah, we kind of we kind of got behind cuz that's how he ends up at the the mom's job. But that scene is basically the dog the babysitter like slams the door doesn't let the guy in is like get the fuck away you know but then she's like oh but the mom works at this building that's how he gets to the building that's how he knew where she was at was that the babysitter told him but she's taking care of the kid and like in all movies the babysitter's taking care of the kid let's put the kid to sleep because i got other plans and then the boyfriend is already
1: in the room next door to the kid.
0: Yeah, literally. And then they decide, you know what? <laughs> These walls are mad thick. He's not gonna hear anything. The kid's hearing everything. And he's like, "Look, I already saw my dad. And my parents have sex. I'm just a kid. I don't want to hear this." And they're just—it's the worst foreplay makeout scene I've ever seen in a movie because there were just hands and tugs just flying
1: everywhere. I feel like these people had never actually been in a relationship, kissed anybody, touched anyone before, and they were like, okay, you people that have never experienced the touch of another person, make out. And they were just like flailing at each other constantly on there. It was the worst. But that's when you get uh, Joe Petto showing up in the house, dumping out his bag of murder toys. And of course, like all things, you've got the special like arm. Like it's just like a, an arm with a remote on the bottom of it that crawls across there. It's grabbing a hold of the guy's ass while he's on top of the girl. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I like that," but baby, you should lose use some lotion. Your hands are rough. First of all, that's that's the way to keep the sex going. Is tell her your hand. Her hands are too rough for you, and then they figure out what's going on the toys immediately start firing at them like the toys just open up like all the little army toys start shooting one toy just flips out razor blades starts stabbing everybody and I gotta give it to the babysitter she gets shot like 14 times with these toys
0: Michael Myers saw she
1: gets hit in the chest like it blows a hole in her chest like fucking huge like the size of, i thought
0: she was dead i was like she's dead
1: yeah this hole looks like it's the size of a tennis ball or something and but somehow she's alive she manages to make it downstairs and tell the mom that like oh no a guy dressed like santa came in and took your son and he, he these toys tried to murder us and of course for a second they're like what are you talking about then the plane flies down from upstairs tries to hit a misses, hits the trash can goes off like a hand grenade. The trash can just goes into pieces everywhere. And she's like, all right, let's go to Geppetto's. That's got to be where they're at.
0: Yeah, that's got to be where they are because it was an old... It was the old man. It was Joe Petto that came and kidnapped... Yeah, as I said,
1: the toy toy maker.
0: So the toy maker goes... They get to the shop and of course, you know, there's a fight scene and the fucking father gets all fucked up and now oh no, we're in the basement and I have to fend for myself. The mom is trying to fight and the the son is nowhere to be found. But like in Killer Clown style, there's huge like freaking bags hanging from the ceiling. It just reminded me of the con candy that they would keep the, the that they would keep oh, their yeah, yeah, yeah. the victims in. And hanging from the fucking ceiling there. But you can't see what's in them because it's Santa's bag. Just like five of them. And Joe, there's Joe Petto like fucking being crazy. But then reveal. Oh no, we look in the floor. Joe Petto's on the floor. How can I could be on the floor and also talking to me at the same time? Let me take off my motherfucking face because I'm actually Pino. And spoiler alert, I'm a motherfucking, I don't want to say android, but... I'm a robot. He's a robot. And for the first time, now throughout the entire movie, he
1: has moved just fine. He's moved no just problem. fine. His
0: skin was fine. He looked fine. He did have a cover, like you said, he had like a hat or something. He, sort was wearing, or something like, he was wearing like a
1: scarf over his head all the time. But like when he takes the scarf off, he's got the plastic doll hair that's very obviously, you know, just a mask. And all of a sudden now he's moving, the, he's doing the stiff robot dance kind of moves. I'm a stiff
0: at- robot. Oh man, do we... My favorite toy. uh well, hold on. My favorite toy from the whole toy thing was the <laughs> was the uh, killer coochie three thousand. Killer coochie eater three thousand attacked a girl.
1: Yeah, we forgot about that. It's a weird. Looks like a giant monster head that just comes running. And I know. This had to have been like an MPA note because it was diving straight for her vagina. Yeah. Snapping and snapping and then she And screamed, her legs
0: were wide open.
1: And she screams and screams and then when we cut back later, she the thing is just to the side of her crotch yeah. on her upper and thigh it, And then it gets to her chest. Yeah. And it's like, ah, that was an MPA note, I'm sure. Like, no, you got to cut that. That's too much.
0: Killer coochie eater, 3,000. In stores, December 1st.
1: But... So she ends up taking an axe to to Pinocchio and chopping him to pieces. But it's just like before that happens.
0: Wait a second, you okay? You you're you just you're so excited that you skipped over my the most the oh, terrible. Oh, I was part. getting back to it. The terrible part of with Pino. Where Pinocchio
1: Pinocchio says, "I'll be your son." Now, I'll kill your son, and then I'll become your son. I'll love you. Yeah, hey,
0: I'll love you. Wait, 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 wait. Before that happens, when he gets to all that, he takes off his Santa Claus shirt. Now he's just chest. And then he goes for the pants. And at that point, I was like, oh, fuck no. They're going to go. And if he's has, I, w- I told Chad, I was like... If he has a crazy wooden dick, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know what to do. But he was smooth like a Ken doll, okay? He does take off his pants. And now he's booty naked for a a wooden doll.
1: Then he grabs the girl and is like... His mom. Or not his mom. What he wants to be his mom. Yeah. And is like, let me love you and be your son.
0: He puts her up on the table, spreads her legs, and dry humps the shit out of her. Why he says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I was like, I want this movie to end.
1: <laughs> so she finally gets loose, gets an axe, chops Pino to pieces, and smashes him up. Everybody high fives, and then they leave. But as they leave, you see another like dummy hanging on the wall who gets the little, like, 80s gleam and sparkle in his eye with like a little, like, bad laser electricity (laughs) effect, (laughs) crackle, crackle, and you're like, ha ha ha. You get a little laugh, you're like, oh, they were gonna try and do a part six, weren't they? No,
0: no, we don't. Fortunately,
1: this ended the Silent Night, Deadly Night series,
0: which at the same year. Puppet, my Puppet Master movie had come out. Yeah. So, it, like I said, they all kind, they all came out when it was that year was like a certain thing was on trend, and they went for it. Even down to the music of this one, it's very much like dolls, very Puppet Master, Puppet Mastery. Uh, yeah. It, but it's, it, it is all over the place because it's just like, oh, what. I wish I was a fly in the wall in these discussions. Like when they're writing these these screenplays, what is the thought process like? How do you go from Killer Santa? Okay, okay, first first movie, right? And then obviously we already had said earlier that the first three are its own in its in its own world. Four and five are only connected by Kim. So this woman just has a fucking terrible life because. She just can't get out of being surrounded by fucking psychoticness. Even though, as far as it got to her, her adopted son got a little banged up, but he survived. Um, To having uh,
1: crazy witches with roaches.
0: Robot, roaches, witch, cockroach loving witches. (laughs) Man-hating witches. That and robots that are murderous and want to be real boys so then they can have sex with their mom. Like, what the, what, the, what the fuck? What is this? I don't know, but i if I had to take
1: a guess, I would say the main component of these was drugs. <laughs> it was the 80s, and I feel like there might have been some drugs involved in the writing of these movies, for sure. But, yeah, now... As for a rating on these, I'm going to give part three, like, one knife. Part four, I'm going to give two knives, just because it's insane and, like, weird and disturbing. And then part five, it's just sad. I'm just going to
0: give it one knife. I'm not going to even rate any of them. I'm going to rate them all as one movie, okay? Because it, I mean... It's one of those things should you watch these films. I a big part of me is like heck no. Do not waste your time. But at the same time, you will never motherfucking watch a movie like this. These movies are out of this world insane. Like I'd rather watch any one of these movies over some terrible remake that you know is coming out or has come out. Any Rob Zombie movie, really. Um, I'd rather watch these movies over a lot of films. Modern films that have come out. Yeah. Because at least, even though they're fucking insane, out of this world don't make any sense, at least they try to have some kind of originality. Like, it's just so... And it's so used now. Like, 4 and 5 is just, like, the epiphany of, like, him. Like, it's... There's nothing more to describe. If you've seen any of his films, you know what you're getting into to some degree. With, yeah, with I, these, I, I we knew say, we were in for something crazy special. I'd say watch these just because they're they're fun. I'm not gonna say they're great, but they're fun. Yeah, they're not great. They're really, they're terrible. But I give them as a whole. I give them a one and a half knife. <laughs> 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 I was gonna give two knives. That for part three zero knives i don't even give i don't even give a rating for that because that was just very hard to sit through part four the roaches and like the whole metamorphosis thing like i would have just read the novel like obviously has nothing to do with what's happening in this one but just like the transformation of the roaches and the centipedes and all the body horror if you're into body horror this movie is for you this is like in the body horror category for sure I give that one knife and the last one yeah a half a knife so whatever you want to do with that you know, so yes one knife and a half, that's my rating I'm sticking to it and that concludes our silent night deadly night holiday extravaganza Woo. Woo. hopefully you're safe you've had, uh, we'll have and are having a good holiday depending on when you listen to this uh podcast this extra special podcast because now we're down to two a month so we thought we'd give you a little extra uh as a gift to you our listeners who we love very much thank you very much and stay tuned to the horror
1: and now folks it's time to say good night we sincerely appreciate your patronage